Hello everyone, I'm Shazira Zawawi and welcome to APT's pilot episode of our podcast series. We aim to bring to you different voices, insights and compelling stories from around the world on topics and themes relevant to torture prevention. For the first three episodes of our podcast, we'll be sharing with you expert insights on the principle of do no harm and detention monitoring in the context of COVID-19. The presentations that we are sharing with you were recorded from a global webinar that the APT organized on 23rd April 2020 for national preventive mechanisms and national human rights institutions from all around the world. Is it possible to monitor detention places in times of COVID-19? Is it possible to do so while respecting the do-no-harm principle? What kind of visits to places of detention that are feasible? Under which conditions should they take place? When should oversight bodies suspend or stop visits? These were some of the key questions discussed by our experts during the webinar. For today, we have with us Dr. Karina Ferreira Borges. She is the program manager of Alcohol and Illicit Drugs in Prison Health from World Health Organization European Office for Prevention and Control of Non-Communicable Diseases. To begin, what are World Health Organization's perspectives on healthcare and human rights, particularly during this COVID-19 situation in the context of detention places? Our recommendations are uh, basically um, centered that on the fact that people in prison, in prison are more vulnerable to the uh, infection in uh, COVID and they are also especially vulnerable to uh, not just to the COVID-19, but also to human rights violation. And therefore, we need to uh, reiterate important principles which need to be uh, respected during this uh, time. And the principles are both applicable to a COVID situation, but also in general to all uh, uh, prison settings, and namely the fact that all people in prison should enjoy the same standards of care, of healthcare as available outside community, and that uh, adequate mes uh, measures need to be in place, uh, also to address the COVID-19 uh, emergency uh, situations. Uh, more uh, than that, we need to ensure human rights and that these human rights are respected and that people are not cut off from the outside world and they have access to the information and also to healthcare, uh, adequate healthcare provision. Uh, also that, some, uh, that there are um, alternatives to incarceration that are put in place by countries, especially in countries where we have overcrowded uh, situations in, inside prisons and giving priority to some uh, uh, groups should be uh, contemplated. Also, um, that uh, prisons uh, and other se settings need to allow uh, the people in higher risk to be separated uh, from the rest of the populations in prison. So this is also a recommendation uh, and we uh, provide um, uh, also guidance in that aspect. Um, so we um, highlight the fact that any decision to, people, to, pit, to put people in medical isolation should be based on medical necessity and this medical necessity needs to result from clinical decision and not from anyone else's decision. 
um, isolated people need to be informed why they have been put in that situation and they need to also to be protected from any uh, form of ill treatment. Uh, of course, all the mental uh, aspects, emotional support and psychological support need to be contemplated and this is something that we have also been calling for uh, and that uh, uh, COVID-19 should not be used as a justification to violate uh, international uh, rules such as the one uh, that have been set by the Mandela rules, including uh, torture or any other um, degrading treatment or punishment. Uh, also, that outbreaks in prison should not be used as uh, justification to object uh, external inspection and that bodies of inspection should be uh, allowed to enter the prisons. Now, um, we have practical uh, also guidance. Uh, so again, um, when you are entering a room where you have confirmed or suspect cases, uh, you need to do it with uh, the right equipment and the right equipments are there. But basically, uh, there's a lot of attention that needs to be put. It's not just about the equipment, but as I said, to remember that there are rules for the use of this equipment, and if those rules are not followed, uh, the risk of uh, infection is very high, and you know uh, um, the equipment will not be uh, useful at all. So um, the use of the masks is one of the examples, and I recall again uh, to the advice of WHO to the five moments for the hand uh, hygiene that need to be uh, followed. What are the necessary steps that oversight bodies need to take in order to visit prisons? So the first measure is related to hygiene, to anyone visiting a prison or inside a prison. So we, you have all heard this applies to the overall population and to everybody, people in prison, visitors, uh, everybody. It's about uh, the handing, the hand washing. Um, but also measures which are related to physical distance, uh, such as uh, the use of non-contact alternatives, if possible. And then again, if uh, a presence is needed, uh, the need for a face mask also, and that people uh, have uh, all the equipments which are needed to uh, protect. Moreover, WHO has been issuing guidance on this, and I'll talk about this on the masks. Uh, masks are not effective per se, uh, used when uh, used. Uh, only uh, um, we need uh, a combination of other um, of other uh, measures such as hygiene measures and also knowing how to use all the equipments in the right way and this is an issue also for uh, people that use the equipment including the masks um, so anyone that has uh, is not feeling well should not go and visit uh, prison should oversight bodies undertake any form of screening and risk assessments before conducting their visits? Anyone entering prison and including detention monitors should be subject to risk assessments and they should be uh, also screened and be part of that uh, overall measures of screening that we are uh, also uh, proposing. Um, we have a fact sheet for visitors, which is available in WHO website. We have uh, uh, very concrete uh, recommendations for visitors, and of course, this would apply for monitors entering uh, prisons, um, and uh, contains very simple messages and reminders of what is the, you know, the more in-depth technical guidance for uh, um, prevention control uh, measures in the COVID uh, context. Can mass alone? 
protect persons from being infected or spreading the virus. Uh, again, the use of mask alone is not sufficient to provide adequate levels of protection. And if they are used uh, in or not in countries, we need to comply with the other uh, measures which are essential and are critical so that uh, the risks of uh, getting infected are uh, minimized as possible. Uh, there is no evidence that wearing a mask by healthy persons uh, in a community setting can prevent people from COVID-19. And of course, uh, uh, the issues of the mask is that they provide a sense of false security um, or false sense of security, which allows for a lot of, uh, of risks, uh, which uh, would be avoided when people feel less secure and therefore they are more eager to adopt other kinds of behaviors such as, such as the physical distancing. Um, so, just a final message, prison um, and detention management and the healthcare staff uh, should work alongside with public health agencies to implement all these measures that we have described and at all times they must balance between public health risks, again operational pressures on the prisons and other places of detention and uh, the wider secure and detained, and detained uh, state. So basically uh, the, we, the need for a better cooperation, collaboration, be part of uh, national uh, plans, emergency plans is uh, of utmost uh, importance. So thank you very much. Thanks to Dr. Karina for her views on the topic and I'm sure our listeners gain lots of useful information from her presentation. For a second and third episodes, we'll be listening to Professor Hans Wolf, member of the European Committee for the Prevention of Torture, CPT, and Dr. Elena Leclerc, head of the Healthcare in Detention Unit International Committee of the Red Cross, ICRC. So do not forget and stay tuned for the upcoming episodes. If you have any feedback or ideas for our future podcasts, please drop us a message at apt at apt.ch. For now, stay safe and healthy wherever you are.